Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast, where we are rediscovering the ancient way. Always find us over at pathtozion.com for audio-only episodes. Reach out to us at pathtozionpodcast at gmail.com. And of course, do all the stuff on YouTube and all the other platforms where you can find the audio versions, should you choose to do so. What are we going to talk about today? We're doing the 10 for 10 series, 10 topics, 10 minutes, 10 days in a row. Today, it's Malachi chapter 4. We're going to talk about verses 5 and 6. And then we're going to turn back around and read verse 4. What in the world? Why would we read it like that? Well, let's go ahead and get started, and we'll get our uh, train of thought going here today. Many of us will recognize verses 5 and 6, which say, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Master comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. Now, do you say amen to that, as you already see in the picture here? If so, if you say, yes, Lord, send the prophet Elijah, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. If that's true, and this is contextually a, a, a whole thought that is in Malachi chapter 4, let's go back one verse and see if the verse that precedes 5 and 6 also makes you equally excited. Malachi 4 Verse 4, remember the Torah of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I, Yahweh, commanded him. Okay, so here's the, here's the question. I'm going to try to stick to my notes, and so I do not go over on this specific um, part of the series. Anyone who is honest must admit that the habit of Bible study that we have inherited in just mainstream Christianity picks and chooses the application of biblical texts. This is something that we could spend endless episodes addressing with, with examples like this one. I, For whatever reason, this one uh, stuck out to me um, for this reason right here. It would take me a very long time to count how many times someone has said to me, well, what about this text or, or what about that text? Um, but, but they'll be entirely unwilling to read the passage in its entirety and within its proper framework. For example, you know, someone could say anything about food laws or, some, or many things that Shaul Paul wrote in his letters, that if you grab a sentence, you could build a doctrine upon, which is it perpetuates a lot of Christian doctrine that opposes the law and the prophets. Um, but because we're ignorant of, of the law and the prophets, we don't understand that. We, we don't know that there's a problem with our, our doctrines. But that aside, we, we may grab a verse here. We may grab verses 5 and 6 in a prophetic meeting in a gathering, and we shout it and we scream it and people are excited. I've seen this firsthand now. Okay, I've seen this firsthand in revivals and large gatherings and in small intimate prayer prophetic gatherings. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Send the spirit of Elijah. Yes. Bring the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children's to the fathers. Yes, Lord. I've seen it. I've been a part of it. I've done it. Okay. <laughs> but what about verse four? Remember the Torah of my servant Moses, the statutes and rules that I, Yahweh, commanded him. So to get back to my notes, this is a good example. Today's verse, three verses of this issue that we have of, of 
we're not properly handling the Bible. I would, I would propose for consideration. I've seen gatherings, large ones, small ones, erupt with shouts over verses 5 and 6 of Malachi chapter 4. Okay? Many of us have probably seen that before in some, some way. Yes, Lord, amen, do it, do it, Lord. People get excited, and, and rightly so. I understand that. That's fine. I'm not saying don't do that. But if I inserted this scenario into, into an imagined, imagination-driven um, instance, event, event even. I'm at a revival, you're at a revival, and so are 300 other people, and everybody's excited. Somebody stands up and reads five and six, and everybody's doing what I just said, shouting, yes, Lord, do it, Lord, do it, yes, yes. And I stand up to the mic, and I boop, 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 and it you know, squeals a little bit like a, like a, a movie or something. And I read Malachi 4, 4. And I say, hey, everybody, listen up. Yes and amen. Send the spirit of Elijah. Do all this work in the hearts of the fathers and the hearts of the children, this restoration promise. Yes, Lord, do it, please, Father. But everybody else, listen up to this. Hey, everyone, remember the Torah of my servant Moses the statutes and rules that I, Yahweh, commanded him. What if after I waited for the crowd to calm down, after verses 5 and 6, I step up to the microphone and I read verse 4? I can guarantee you that the excitement in the room would quickly wane upon hearing verse 4, upon reading and shouting and declaring verses 5 and 6. Torah, laws, rules, statutes. No, 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 no. We're free in Jesus now. Send Elijah. Send Elijah. And here's the problem. The verses that we think that we understand and even enjoy saying, yes, yes, Father, do it. Do that. Do verses 5 and 6. I've seen this so many times, so many different ways with so many Bible references. We could... We could do this with many, many, many examples. It saddens me how we cherry-pick the Bible and we apply it however we personally desire, often leaving out our covenantal responsibilities that bring these things to pass. I can't pick up covenant. We don't have time within this 10 for 10 time frame. In other words, we want verses 5 and 6. But verse 4, no, we're not in that burdensome law. I don't need to remember the Torah of Moses. I'm in Jesus now. So why bother mentioning it then? Well, <laughs> let me just say this. Friends, let's not do this. Let's not do this with the Word. This is a very poor handling of Father's wonderful, wonderful Word. Let's make sure that we're all reading the Bible in fullness and not merely skip over the parts that we've been told aren't for us. The entire book is a covenant story. From beginning to end, there's one people, there's one Messiah, and there's one Father of both. Okay? So we need to be found properly handling the Bible. Look at this text and just chew on it for a little while. Have you ever been guilty of doing that? I have. If not this verse, others. This 
yes and amen, that part, which is in this case a verse that was literally just like a sentence before, nah, that's not relevant to me. That's not applicable to me. But verse 5 and 6 is, friends, this is not properly handling the word of Elohim. So let's honor him with proper understanding in context of what he is saying for us as a covenant people who are called to be set apart and covenantally joined with him. He will do his part fully, as I always say. His part is flawless. He is the perfect covenant keeper. And it is up to us to do our part of the covenant for his promises to come to pass as a holy, set-apart, kadosh people for his great namesake. You're watching the Path to Zion podcast. We're doing the 10 for 10 series around here. Join into the conversation if you would like. Thank you so much for watching. Amen.